So we are now on hot seat number six, five or six. I'm always one off. I said this last time. I said four or five. So we're moving forward anyway. Um, Probably today's hot seat is a little different, but was greeted with the same response as always of, well, I don't think I've got anything interesting to say. Well, no, I beg to differ. So in our hot seat tonight is Raj, who is sitting very pretty in the middle of our screen tonight, or she is for me. <laughs> so Raj is in our hot seat today. So thank you, Raj, for uh, volunteering. Again, it was greeted with, well, if no one else will do it, well, it's not really why I asked you. I just asked <laughs> until about a day before. Um, so we've got a slightly different set of questions, as always. But what we're going to start with, very simply, um, is the question that Danielle left. And I think probably try and make this not about me, but the actual question, because I know you asked for it, so you prepped for it. But if a friend or family was to come to you and say that they want to coach, what is the top reason that you would tell them to do that as a coach? So for me, I think the single biggest thing is accountability. Um, So I think just having the discipline of, of tracking, logging, um writing things down but but more importantly being accountable to someone so because I see you once a week with my training what I don't want to do is is rock up any any given week having not done the things I've committed to do in between yeah um so so that for me is I mean there's loads of other benefits outside of even like the gym stuff we do like just some of the conversations we have um but but if I was to put one single thing down, it would be accountability. Okay, yeah. I think most people probably agree with that. Um, okay, right. So let's get into it then. Let's let's try and get as deep as we can. Because as you say, you get to run away for two weeks after this. So <laughs> I'm going to ask you a very simple question, which you're obviously not prepared for. And if you was going to introduce yourself to the group for the first time again, who is Raj and why is she joining the group? So I think I'm lots of things, <laughs> um, depending on when you see me. <laughs> so I think for me, I'm a mum. That's number one. I'm a mum to, uh, to two girls and they are my priority. And and it's been just me and them, actually, for quite a long time up until relatively recently. So So everything I do pretty much revolves around them and trying to give them the best of me. Mm. Um my career is really important to me so you know alongside that I'm I'm Raj I work in finance <laughs> mm. um so that's part of my identity um I'm crap at numbers when it comes to counting weights that I put on the bar at the gym I have a mental block but I'm generally quite good with numbers um and, and actually well, more recently <laughs> yeah, um more recently I'm Raj and I'm into my nutrition and fitness and I I genuinely never thought I would ever become the person I've become, but it's almost like become a bit of an obsession in a good way. An obsession of outlet, probably. Yeah. Like, and like almost almost it's become your escapism from Oh from, massively. From being mum, from being <laughs> from being the boss, being career, whatever it is. Um, okay. Before you started training training so obviously well to give context Raj you worked with a PT before didn't you for certain goals which weren't reached but actually you found a love of actually lifting didn't you so you did that for how long uh about nine months 
yeah so nine months of actually getting into the gym learning to love the gym and yeah like has almost perfect form on all the lifts that we do and then you've been in with us for how long now uh since december yeah so, so really probably if I'm if I'm realistic since the start of January because yeah. those last two weeks of December I, I paid you but I didn't really do very <laughs> that's what we like just just stay over there and just shot the video <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so okay so what were your three biggest struggles before you started fitness say so the, let's say the 12 months inclusive of what you did before what was the three biggest struggles so my single biggest struggle and I think I struggled even for the the nine months has been probably the focus I put on nutrition I think up until um I'd say probably the last two or three years I was really heavy with cardio that was all I did I did loads of running and that's all I focused on and what I ate and how much I ate I never really gave any thought to um and and I probably worked really hard in terms of, you know, the duration of my runs and how often I was running to almost compensate and probably did things the hard way, but it it, it never really became an issue. I had I had a milestone birthday and I lived through COVID and I, for me, properly piled on the pounds and I plateaued with my running to the point of, I couldn't physically run any more distance and therefore it didn't have any effect on on my body and I just because I've never ever really had to focus on nutrition I don't think I gave it the right level of value so I think that was probably my single biggest mm. struggle I think look we talk about this and, and it's probably a bit of an excuse but I'd say time so juggling you know up until pre-covid being a single mum with two girls and juggling a full-time job where I was commuting probably three hours a day to get to and from work. Mm. Um, by the time I got home of an evening, you know, getting myself to the gym or, you know, or doing anything just felt like effort. So, so that for me was a struggle. Um, and probably just in terms of the importance I placed on it. So, I guess I, I didn't see it as a priority. Yeah. And I think you say that now where you say time's an excuse and you didn't see it as a priority. If I'd have asked you that before you started, you'd you'd never have used those that terminology towards it. You've managed to no. build that into your life. So you said in lockdown, you piled on the pounds. Why do you, so why do you think that was? What were you not managing? What was the issue? And yeah, kind of how did that happen for you? So lots of things. So I think lack of movement. So my job, you know, I, I was stuck at home for, for the majority of it. It's an office-based job. I'm sat in front of a screen. I sometimes don't even have time to pee between like Teams calls mm. um, because I'm, I'm literally like glued to my screen from like eight in the morning to sometimes six in the evening. And I didn't have the ability to say no to work stuff. And, and I commented on the post there. I've got so much better at that recently mm. um, and making time for me whether it's to go out for a walk whether it's to go to the gym when it's quiet during the day um, whereas I was never that person so I would literally just sit on my bum all day I think the other bit for me is when I was 
going into work, I probably had better portion control over what I was eating because, and, and some days I probably didn't eat very much at all because I was busy yeah. being at home all the time. Hmm. I was eating a lot more, yeah. but it was a gradual build of eating more. Um, and it's only that realisation when you look back and you think, I didn't really think it through. Just that mindlessness of it. Yeah. But I think that's Just, so easy know, to do, isn't it? I think it was boredom as well. So, like, being at home all the time, not being able to do very much. It's like, oh, let's bake, kids. Let's let's make and get really creative over all the different things we were baking. Yeah. And, again, it sounds really stupid, but not really thinking about the consequence. Yeah. And how many people turned into part-time alcoholics as well, by the way? Just drinking because there was the only thing to do of an evening, like... You just saw a real behaviour change, but lo- most of it revolved around an escape, didn't it? So yeah. if you, if, if God forbid, and if this happens, it's not my fault, we were to be plunged back into lockdown now with your job, what would you do differently? What, what, what behaviours, what actions have you learned and picked up since probably this part of the coaching that now means that you, you wouldn't suffer that same fate? It's probably the simple thing. So it's movement whatever that movement looks like. So even if that's getting out and going for a walk, um, I'm I'm a bit like addicted to checking my steps <laughs> mm. through, you know, intervals during the day. And it, it spurs me on to like get out and do that. Um, I think that the food thing for me was a big, I'm not going to beat myself up about it because I enjoyed myself and I loved it. But I think for me, it's that, it's that realisation of every action has a consequence um, and just being mindful of it rather than being naive about it. Short, short-term thinking would be removed then. Because yeah. that's what it was, wasn't it? Like, I mean, God, I, I mean, I went through it as well. And I think, well, I think most of us did. I think I was at my biggest ever during lockdown. And then until I realised that it was getting really hot and I was like, why am I sweating walking? So I think so many people like, <laughs> went through it like say it's the short-term element okay and it's the mindset thing Travis so one of the things I did during lockdown and I don't know if I've shared this with with everyone I've probably told a couple of people is I set myself a goal I ran 12 half marathons that year I did a half marathon I want to say I did one each month but during the summer I didn't I just piled them all in at the end yeah I was running loads like and it was having no impact on my body my weight my shape yeah um, and again that was a massive realization because I think up until that point I probably got away with it yeah but so, so I probably did the same thing I don't know about anyone else who picked up a new hobby during lockdown I also started running and I and it it will never leave my head because as someone who thinks they're really fit this is how I know I was out of shape I decided that I was gonna go for a half marathon and when I say I could not walk for the next two days I mean it like I could not move at all and then so it's about realizations but also about it's not always about output like because the same thing I run a half marathon and I come back to a freshly baked cake because goals and someone's baking cake so why wouldn't you eat it so that I think that's yeah I think you probably everyone's sitting here resonating particularly with that period of time but actually it's the it's the thought process it's the it's the mindset that we have with it that actually when something goes wrong we look for an escape, however that looks. So then when something goes wrong on the day, how often in the past did we then do the same thing? 
because it doesn't have to be a six month thing. It could be that you've had a really bad day, like which we'll get into sort of this week in a bit. Like I know, obviously you said about having a really stressful week. It's handling those things, isn't it? It's that mindset to that short term approach. So talk to me then about all those struggles that you've had, all those things that you've gone through before we get, per- I suppose, more personal. What would you say your biggest strength is now? So out of all those things that you've learned, what is the one thing that you think is the, the the biggest strength you have now for your health and fitness? Education. So I think knowing, I suppose it's, it sounds really simple, but understanding the consequences of my actions better. Okay. What about... That and probably coupled with like, I suppose, prioritising me a little bit. Mm. So I I never miss a gym session. Like, even if I have a really shit gym session, I never not show up. Yeah. Um, Because doing something, for me, is better than doing, like, nothing. Um, And I think previously, I probably would have let work, (laughs) work in the main. Mm get in the way of that and, and prioritise that because it almost like, well, I can't I can't leave in the middle of the day to, to have a lunch break and go to the gym because somebody's put a meeting in my diary. Yeah. And it was almost that I have to attend everything and I have to, otherwise people think I'm really crap at my job and that's not reality at all. Yeah. So I actually think that your biggest strength now is actually your ability to prioritise, not education because you said about um what's the word you said about the education being the thing that holds you or keeps you in that place but actually you could be educated but not make a priority of yourself and then you would still fall short just just whilst i'm giving feedback on that like you you can believe it's education but i think your ability to prioritize you is probably uh the thing that keeps you ticking and is probably your biggest strength because that means then you can implement what you've learned I think we spoke about this on the on the barriers to fitness day. So many people don't have the education, know what they need to do, but they're not in they're either not in a position or they're not using enough willpower probably to put themselves first, whether that's making a nutritional choice late in the evening when really we would just want to sit and eat an ice cream or a snack or go into the gym at lunchtime because we can't make it another time or whatever. So I think that's really important. But I want to get a little bit more personal in terms of your journey because I think you said to me that your journey wasn't that interesting or people wouldn't learn anything. But actually, from what we've all just learned here, if we roll back two years ago, you were a single mum living in lockdown with two children yeah. and piled on the pounds and stopped being able to run, probably got a little bit frustrated with exercise because you were running so much but not seeing any change. So Raj, then, how would then, how do you think, you can answer this as you will, and I'm not judging it at all, Someone like that who's frustrated with kind of the situation, how their body reacts, their nutritional choices are poor. You must not have been in a very good place physically, right? No. So then how does that affect... I was, I was, I was quite embarrassed, actually, by how I look. And look, I've always been one of these people that I've not really let a lot of things phase me. But I genuinely... I was embarrassed to like go out and socialise and and see people and and it's really silly now looking back because 
I suppose I, I made it a bigger thing in my head mm. and the people I was seeing and the people I was spending time with don't judge me on how I look, but that's how it made me feel. Yeah. So a little bit embarrassed, hard to go out, didn't necessarily want to socialise. And obviously this doesn't just apply to lockdown, but also we're we're still a single mum, right? Yeah. So then it affects two other main parts of our life. One, any form of romantic relationship, whether you were looking or not. Yeah. Potentially, because you're embarrassed if, you know, some people do want to go and find love and maybe you're hiding away. But then also the main bit that I want to think about is actually you're a mum. So someone that's then physically and mentally not in the best place. What do you think the difference is between you then as a mum? So whether that's, like I say, I'm not suggesting in any way that you neglected your kids or anything, but in terms of going out and doing things with your kids or, I don't know, being able to run around with them, play with them, having a a good mental attitude to them. How do you think that's changed now? So where was it and where would you say that's, has that improved now? I think I always make an effort to do stuff with them. Hmm. And, and I, I probably, you know, I, I did back then. I think it's, I've just got more energy now. I've got more energy and I'm I'm doing stuff because I want to be doing it rather than feeling I have to. Yeah. Do you think they would notice the difference? If you were to ask? Oh, massively. Yeah. You, what do you think they'd say? Um, I think I'm just happier. I've, I've got a bit more about me. I've got more energy. Um probably more pleasant to be around <laughs> um probably see you a bit yeah more because you prioritize uh, like so that like that they probably get that, that it's quality time so i don't yeah. i don't think it's necessarily see me more but quality of it we have more quality time mm-hmm. together interesting because obviously that clashes massively or clashes or compliments depends on how well you manage it with being so career driven um mm-hmm. And therefore, kind of like managing that time. So your kids would say you're happier, you're more energetic, you have more quality time. What would your colleagues say then about Raj that they used to know? And I know you've changed jobs, but we'll we'll pretend. Yeah. What what would the difference be there? And what would your attitude be? Would you have a difference in like the energy and the production of work, the productivity, etc.? What would work be like? Oh, massively different. Um so I think the whole having the energy, but also I think I I take more of the real me to work. I think I spent a lot of time as I was building my career trying to portray a version of me that I think people would want to see. So like not letting my guard down. Um, and, and it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. Like trying to be somebody you're not you know you're not you're not actually genuinely feeling that way but but portraying an image of almost being quite swan like of yeah I'm in control I'm happy I'm everything's great and I'm in control at work but actually what what I've realized over time is people relate to people and showing a more vulnerable side of me and you know probably opening up to stuff with people I you know I have a child with a disability and God, I love her to bits. Like she is the most energetic, fun loving person I have in my life. But I, I probably, I hid that from work colleagues for a long time. And it's, it's not because I'm embarrassed by it. It's not because I have an issue with it, but it was more of around. I don't, 
I don't want people to see weakness. <laughs> and, mm. and that's how I saw myself as I've got to portray this image of almost being perfect. And actually what I've learned over time is that's not relatable. No. People don't, people can't relate to that. People, people are human. They like to see somebody else that's human. And, you know, I, I was in the office today talking about how much time I spend at the gym and how I enjoy it. And, you know, I, I work with Nikki and we were talking about, you know, some of this stuff. And, um, and I like the fact that I can just be me. That's part and, of who you and, are, yeah. And, and people like that because it gives people the freedom to be them <laughs> as well. Um, so, yeah. So, the main, so, well, I mean, there's loads of differences there, which are obviously amazing to hear. So fitness and health, along other forms of growth, because we don't want to just pigeonhole it. Oh, yeah, you went to the gym once, so now you're this amazing person. We know that's not true. <laughs> but actually fitness has, or health and fitness, because obviously, like I said, we spent nine months training without really getting the yeah. nutrition side of it, gave you this character, this strength, and kind of probably like a little bit more like going through weakness, because obviously training sucks and it's hard sometimes, but getting through yeah. it probably gave transfers into your normal life then. Yeah, absolutely. And and we talked and, and I know we've had some conversations. I have I have a real fear of failure mm. um in lots of aspects of my life. And, you know, fear of failure at work, because work's important to me, fear of failure as, as a mum. <laughs> like I wanna be the best mum I can be. Um and, and I have lots of that. What the gym gives me is, you know, you took a video of me earlier and posted it of ugly but successful. I don't care in some ways if I can go and do a deadlift and as long as I've given it my best shot and I've tried if I can't lift that weight off the ground I, I don't relate to that as failure and and it's really bizarre because it's it's so different to everything else in my life and I think it's helped me learn that it's okay to not be perfect yeah for sure and then that just comes down to the relatable part though doesn't it because you show weakness yeah. or you fail I think so. I had a. I used to work for a corporate company. I used to work for BGL, right? And they used to have this quote, which probably was a little cringe when I was there because I was like, I'm not about this. But they used to have this uh, one of their sayings was fail first, fail fast. And I used to think, what a load of tosh. And now I've grown up, I think we all fail, don't we? Like, we, we all fail. Everyone in this room has to put their hand up and say we failed at something, whether we liked it or not, or we admitted it. So to do it first and to do it quickly so you learn from it is the is the best thing. And I think that just comes from like a little bit of resilience. And we build yeah. that in the gym so much because we literally go to the gym to beat ourselves up, whether it's cardio, training, like we're literally putting our muscles through stress or our heart rate and our or cardiovascular health through stress so that it comes back stronger. So then that comes yeah. back into play in everything that we do. And that's and I think that's a good point because it does it does transfer. It does go into other things. Yeah. What would and you know what my perception now as well of failure is so different because relating it to the gym and relating it to strength training, if I've attempted something and I failed at it, I'm progressing. If I'm constantly not failing at something, I'm not trying hard enough. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. If you're not failing, you're not trying. Um Yeah. So then what's your number one tip? for being and I know I know Graham helps you out a lot now so you can include that I don't mind but give me the number one tip of being 
a very career-driven person, by the way. I don't mean just goes to work nine to five. I mean very career-driven. A mum to two kids, one with a disability, and prioritising yourself. How do you do that? Because there'll be a lot of people on this call, or there'll be a lot of people that watch this call back that will relate to this and think, yeah, that you know, that's so impressive. But as yet, we've not helped them. They just relate. So how do we do that? Choosing my support network, and it's it's massive. And and again, I've I've been one of those people in the past where I've been afraid to ask for help because it's a sign of failure. <laughs> Whereas now, look, Graham's brilliant. Like so, if I need him to help me with picking the girls up or doing the shopping or or doing things, like having somebody to support me has been massive. Um, it's important, I think prioritizing so you hit the nail on the head so I was always a person that always said yes to everything at work but felt the pressure that I'd need to do it all myself well actually I've got a team of people around me and utilizing them in the best way motivates them as well as then helps me out so I think I think it's it's almost that realization of you're still succeeding even if you're using support, like support to get you there and and it's by being able to do that it gives me time to do some stuff for me whether it's getting to the gym and and you know just just that release that you know if I've had a particularly stressful week or day like for me I, I feel good like just to go and have a bit of me time but but just to release some tension um and it's it, it's it's placing I guess more importance on those things that make me feel good. Yeah. But but doing it without guilt. Yeah. So so support system and priorities then really is like put it back in. Very quickly, can you just hear me normally, by the way? Yeah. My Zoom has just come up with a notification telling me it signed me out, but quite clearly I'm not signed out. So if I disappear, you know I what? I see you and hear you, yeah. Oh, cool. Um Okay. So then We've got support system. We've got prioritizing. When you think about doing the things that you do for yourself, you would say, and this is more of a, a very quick answer, that actually that gives something back because you're taking something for you. Would you say you then service others better? Oh, Not necessarily more, but better. Yeah, just better. Just I'm less stressed. Hmm. Um, I'm not like that all the time. <laughs> um. But on the whole, I'm less stressed. So I think it comes back to that, you know, having quality time. So if I can go and sneak off for an hour and go and do my thing, but I've done that, I feel better for it. I've almost had a bit of a release. And it's like, right, what are we doing today? Where are we going? What are we doing? What's happening? And they get a better version of me, like the kids get a better version of me. Work gets a better version of me because if I sit in front of the screen from eight to six with no break, my brain stops working after a little while yeah um definitely. so actually going off and doing something i come back to it and i'm so much more productive yeah for sure okay right let's wrap it up what's your question so my question is obviously we've talked about i guess training and fitness and and the impact that has on other aspects of my life What's the one other aspect of your life that being on this plan has had the most impact on and why? Again, what's the one other aspect? What's the one other aspect of your life that being on this plan has had a positive impact on? 
I've probably not worded that very well. <laughs> um, it made sense in my head. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. You know what I'm like with words, Raj. You probably need to <laughs> bring it right. What's the one other aspect of your life that being on this plan has had yeah. a positive impact on? The most positive impact the on most you. Most positive. Okay. Yeah. That's really long, isn't it? <laughs> when I rewrite that, I'll make sure that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, when I I'm can't numbers, I'm not a teacher in the room, <laughs> then we'll fix that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for doing that. Um, obviously, it's probably a slightly smaller group, so the unmute buttons can come off. Does anyone have any questions for the world's busiest mum fitness guru expert? I just thought that was really relatable, actually, with some of the stuff I've had um, with the the time. I'm a single dad, and yeah, I think uh, a lot of that stuff that you said, I think you spoke really well as well. Um, but it was really relatable, must admit. Mm. So thanks for that. Cheers, mate. Yeah, agreed. I thought that, Rick, as well, for you. Mm. I think it is very similar. Yeah. I think you're right. You're spot on. Yeah. Anyone else? I haven't got a question, but I was um, you. I was just thinking about when you were saying about being perfect and, and things like that, before you started to elaborate on how you actually like to really push it, like the gym is, is that challenge in terms of you don't see it as a failure and that signing up to High Rocks is massive. I think from everything that you've said, even more so now to me, the fact that you signed up to High Rocks is insane for how much pressure that you've put on yourself before yeah. to sign up to something that you have said that you said, like, oh, wow, like it's new and everything like that. I just think it's insane and it's amazing. And it's all entirely your fault, Daniel. I'm not I was about to say that. that. It's not like you gave her a choice, is it? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I know. But, um, I seem to have had this effect on other people with them booking a Great Eastern as well when they're drunk. But <laughs> Yeah, that's true. James sat in the corner quietly. Anyone else? <laughs> Go on, James. Go on. Go on, James. <laughs> um, no, I was just going to say, like, just a big well done because I always like, I always say to Emma, I don't know how people who've got, like got kids just ever find the time to do like the gym and other stuff. So I just like, yeah, we yeah. talked about this on our walk earlier because we were trying to guess who it was. And we were thinking it was going to, we were like juggling, we were like, it's going to be a mum. And we were just saying, I was like, I literally can't imagine doing this and having kids. Like, <laughs> I, it's, it is hard. And like, you do. And the fact that you love it as well is just like another added bonus to it. But yeah, thanks for talking to us. It was great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> last ones no okay and also by the way which we didn't really touch on for a reason not only have we gone through all that and signed up to high rocks but you have actually lost like a really good amount of weight and fat and as well as all those positive impacts like eight kilos down booked to high rocks flirting with the idea of even pushing it even further of of body transformation and stuff like that so like it's it's really really challenging it's really difficult and yeah you do just smash it you do take it in your stride and i think sometimes People probably look from the outside, and I say this for more for the, probably for the people listening back to this. People probably think you're a little bit unrelatable because you're superwoman because you do it, but actually you weren't superwoman. It is the actions that you took that have put you in control. And I say it so more than you already know in that, you struggled and you you yeah. did struggle and you did technically fail on things. And anyone listening back that thinks that that can't be them because they're not Raj, well, she was you. You are her. Like, it's the actions that you take that then that make that transition and transformation. Um, but yeah, agreed. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, obviously, you're not here for the next couple of weeks anyway. You're running away. Mm-hmm. But for <laughs> anyone else on the group, next week we'll just be back to an education. 
two weeks after that will be another hot seat. But as requested last time, it will be me in the hot seat. But I can't come up with the questions and I need an interviewer. And I don't want it to be Beth because I want to take out that relationship side of it. So if anyone wants to be an interviewer, let me know. And then I'll get the whole group to get come up with some questions and we'll fire it over. I'll put it I on might the... even dial into that one, Travis, while I'm on holiday. Yeah, yes, you <laughs> can dial in if you want to dial in an interview. So it was requested. I will put myself in the hot seat. All I need is someone that wants to grill me with the questions at the group send. That's it. So if anyone wants to step up and do it, it'll be on my meeting in a couple of weeks time. Exciting. I'll do it. Listen, my finger's on this leave button, so I'm off. Bye. <laughs> right. No, you're not. You're saying that she's gone. Do you know why that is? She actually I mean, 